Coming up on this week's episode, we begin with the world of CarPlay, the world's dirtiest house, and those difficult-to-cancel subscriptions. Then we get into the week's tech news, including the big announcements from Apple and Amazon. Stick around, it all starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 288, recorded September 29th, 2020. Masks are the new gloves. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and most importantly, you. I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by two guys who wish they just paid $750 in personal income taxes. It's Colby Rabidou and Dan Miller. Good evening, gentlemen. <laughs> Boy, do I, Sean. Topical. Boy, do I. <laughs> oh, that would be nice. Can you imagine? I literally cannot. It's so low, it sounds illegal. Um... <laughs> But what do I know? Maybe I just need a new account. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. I, I owed the state of New York more money in taxes than that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I think I just paid just just the state more than $750. Yeah. Well, do you know that the, the majority of people audited by the IRS in any given year, the majority make under 30000 a year? Wow. Really? What yep. are they being audited for? Just any and anything else anyone else is audited for inconsistencies and 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 errors and things like that. But the reason for that is um, the IRS has had most of its investigative funding stripped, and it's so expensive to investigate a rich person because their finances are so complex. Plus, they can hire fancy lawyers and fight them in court mm-hmm. for a long time, which a poor person cannot. The system is <sighs> rigged. Uh, anyway. Yeah, America. Did you know that I'm just full of fact? Did you know that it takes five uh, average black families in America to equal the wealth of one white family? That's my fun fact no. of the day. Yeah. Do you want me to keep going? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, now, does that statistic have anything to do with the uh, the band known as Average White Band? No, unfortunately, totally unrelated. Which is funny, if you ask me. Yeah, how many average black fans does it take to make the income of the average white fan? Uh, you know, I I, hmm. I think more research needs to be done, Dan, if you're up for it. I'll, <laughs> I'll sponsor a grant. <laughs> uh, I don't think I have the time, unfortunately. No, you're busy, Dan. You're joining us by phone this evening, if he sounds a little bit different, because he is uh, in the wilderness. I'm in the wilderness. I'm calling in on location to probably the least topical place for a tech podcast. Um, I'm experiencing satellite internet, which is really bad. And that's about it. That's my only, I got, I got to use CarPlay on the way up. That's, that's my only tech, uh, my, my only tech contribution of this trip. And you actually, got- I do have, <clears throat> my pick is actually uh, going to be pretty topical. It, it came up during this trip. That's why I picked it. So there, there's going to be another tip. Trick. Tip trick. One of those two. Well, you know, if anyone says it's not interesting, you're literally calling from space. So (laughs) I'll add a lot more delay every time you say something to pretend I'm from space. How about that? Well, and just end every with like over. Over. Yeah, that's really funny, Sean. Over. Over what? Uh... I'm over the moon over <laughs> oh boy this is 
not spectacular. Uh, but you used uh, CarPlay, with, and I'm assuming you're on iOS 14 already. Yeah, so I got to use the new CarPlay. Yeah. I forget the only thing I noticed that was new about it was the, the new Siri ball instead of the, the full-screen Siri. What else should I have noticed? Oh, Dan, you're missing out because you can customize the background of your CarPlay. Wait, what? The background image. Now, you can't pick any image. They just have more for you to choose from. Uh, and Wait, how do I do that? Uh, you go into... I don't know if you can do it on the screen on in the car itself or on your phone, but in the settings, there is a, like a background option that you can select. Um, and it also has the updated uh, Apple Maps as well, which uh, I have now been using and are a million bazillion percent better than they were years ago. Um, it's a it's a huge improvement, and they uh, do th- although. Yep. I tried to. We passed through this uh, area in Maine that has the the LL Bean headquarters, um, and I knew that it was there. So I opened up Apple Maps. I had heard that Apple Maps had gotten a lot better, and I put in LL Bean, and it was like LL Bean Outlet Store, and I was great. Go, and it took me out to the absolute middle of nowhere, just someone's house somewhere. Um, the actual store was like on the other side of the highway, five minutes away. Uh, so I, I tried to use Apple Maps and I struck out. So then I, I went back to Google Maps again. I just like the interface now because they show you when you're in navigation mode at like intersections, they show like a little picture of a traffic light or a little picture of a stop sign mm-hmm. when you're coming up to a place. And I'm like, that's a really good idea. Now, does it show yeah, you whether cool. or not the stoplight is red or green? No, but it does have a button that says make light green, and when you push it, it turns green. <laughs> Pretty handy. That's uh, it's not nothing. But they also did a good job because now in the uh, CarPlay view, where it's sort of the tiles where it shows the navigation, but also your music controls and your calendar and stuff, Google Maps now works through that. So if you like Google Maps, you really kind of have the full experience. It's, it's definitely probably my favorite upgrade now, of iOS 14. Have you been using Google Maps recently? Yeah. Do you have this problem with Google Maps with CarPlay that you have to keep Google Maps like forefront and the phone unlocked? Otherwise, the map won't update on the CarPlay display. That's literally never happened to me ever. That's very okay. weird. That happens with me with this car, but I, hmm. I don't. This car is a little, uh, little suspect. Hmm. I'm not sure I trust it. <laughs> Would you get like a Ford Pinto or something? I, you know. No, the Nissan Rogue, it's just very, uh, like, it creaks as you drive on the highway. It's just, like, lots of loose little bits in it. I think um, uh, it says it has all-wheel drive, but, like, I don't think it does. Although, today, I think maybe I realized I had to turn it on. I didn't try putting it in all-wheel drive lock, which maybe next time will help. Um, that's, Yeah. I I rented I had a rental Nissan Rogue a couple of weeks ago, and it was fine. None of none of those things were true of my rental Nissan Rogue. Your it Google Maps worked too. Yeah. Something weird happened with the. Actually, we I did have a a weird time with the Google Maps at first, where it was like. It would get all screwed up if I went to a different app. But then I, like, restarted my phone and everything was fine. 
Oh, maybe that's what I need to do. But that was also that was also before iOS fourteen. That was iOS thirteen. So I don't know. Yeah, my uh, my uh, my mother has a Nissan Rogue, uh, the most mediocreest car oh, I've ever maybe driven. Maybe this is what I need to do, Sean. Maybe I need to change my Google Maps location to from while using to always. Oh yeah, because they did add all those extra permissions uh, in iOS fourteen, so that could be it. Mm-hmm. I've run into a few apps where I like absentmindedly say like only use once or like never, and then it comes back where it's like, oh no, I actually did want you to always have access. Um, yeah. Damn, I'm trying to keep okay, my information so safe. Yeah, give it a shot. Report back. Nice. Let us know. Hey, I learned something on this show. You know what? It only took 288 episodes, but we got there. Now, now, Sean, I don't know if you want to get into this on, on this fine program, but we didn't have a show last week, and it sounds like you've had some fun uh, physical infrastructure problems at your uh, new residence. Yeah, we can get into it. I wouldn't describe it as a fun story. So I, I bought a house, and it's a fine house. Right. But, you know... It's amazing because I tell people the house was dirty and they say, what do you, how do you, Sean, why would you buy a dirty house? And I was like, no, it's not like there was trash strewn everywhere and dirty diapers on the floor. It's, it was so subtle. You could, and I, this is no exaggeration whatsoever. You could walk up to the wall in the master bedroom, just take your regular hand and just wipe it along the wall and your hand would be black. I cannot oh my God. for the life of me figure out we've been, cause my family's been by, We've been batting around theories as to how this, because it's not one type of dirt. It, there's dust and cobwebs everywhere, including coating the walls. But it's like there was a sort of a glass sconce above my sink that I took down and was going to replace. Okay. So I took the glass part of it down, set it on the counter and went to do other things. I came back. It had dripped some kind of oil or residue that was on the glass onto the counter. I mean, this house is dirty in like multiple different ways that don't make sense with one another. Cause we're like, did they just not clean it for years? And I think that's part of it. But then it's like, maybe there was a fire or like some kind of spill. There's like all this weird, all of the like door casings, all of this like thick gooey sort of um, residue all around them. It, it's just gross. Do you think they vaped inside? It, they could have smoked inside. You know, it's so funny. When when I when we first got the property, they hadn't been living there for a little while, and we went in, and it smelled. We thought it smelled like natural gas. We're like, oh my god, there's like a you know like that that sort of rotten egg smell of natural gas. I'm like, what is that? And we're like sniffing around the stove. It was only upstairs. It wasn't in the basement where like all the gas equipment is. So I'm like, what could this be? And we're like, of course, I'm lazy. I don't do anything about it. And a couple <laughs> days go by, and we don't smell it anymore. It wasn't natural gas. The house was just really dirty. <laughs> wow it turns out just now, was this was this evident when you went and saw the house or but, but that's or what's sneaky about it hard to tell it's hard to tell like <laughs> the thing about buying a home is at the open house i had like five to ten minutes to go through it and you just quickly look around everything looks fine during my inspection i had more time but i was with the inspector looking at like the electrical panel and the hot water heat and it's like you don't take the time to notice these things. And even when I closed on the house, I was like, yeah, there's a few cobwebs, but they're just bad at dusting. And it wasn't until like, I actually took a wet rag to a wall and I'm like, what the, like you would <gasps> never guess it would be because literally you had to go years without cleaning for it to get like this. It was bad. 
baffling. Because <laughs> in a photograph, you would have been like, wow, that's a really cute house. Right. <laughs> that's So I remember when I toured this apartment, like I'm pretty close to the highway. Like you can't see the highway, but it's, it's, it's like across the next set of buildings. And I knew that like touring this apartment, I swear to God, I listened closely to see if you could hear the highway and you like, I don't know. I don't it, it, You definitely couldn't, but like now living here, like you can absolutely hear the highway when the, when the windows are open. But I feel like, I think they must have had like a fan on or something like at the open house. So yep. like it was just enough weight noise where you didn't notice. It's very sneaky. Yep. No, they'll, they'll try and get anything by. And, and I, I joked. So what ended up happening was I had two weeks between closing and actually moving in, which I was going to use to do a couple small things around the house pack. I've just been cleaning, cleaning. And I, I've painted basically every wall and a few ceilings of the place. Cause not only was the walls dirty, but the paint job was actually very bad. Like they missed whole spots. Like you would not believe how they had to be blind. It's baffling. And so I'm so behind on schedule. And I said, if I had, the thing is, I, if I known it was this dirty, I still would have bought it. I would have just negotiated them to pay somebody <laughs> to come in and clean it. So I didn't have yeah. to, because everything else is like, it's not like broken, right? It's like, everything is in okay shape. It's just the time it's taken. To go through and do all, I ended up replacing almost all of the lighting fixtures because they were disgusting. Um, it, it just, it was, it's just been, uh, it's just been annoying, is what it has been. And thankfully, I move on on Thursday. Everything should be ready to go by then. But it's been a long couple weeks of of all day, all night, just busting butt there. So the thrill of home ownership. Wow. <laughs> well, I wow. think it'll be worth it. It's going to look a lot better, and it, it's a lot fresher. You can tell after we've painted everything, we're like, wow, it smells so clean in here. And we're like, because it is. <laughs> I literally covered everything. Um, but I will say I had a uh, just on a little bit of a, of a technology front. I'm putting in two ceiling fans. And of course, why would you put in a regular ceiling fan when you could put in a smart ceiling fan? But the issue is, it's Whoa. very hard to do a smart ceiling fan, I've learned. Because either you go to the manufacturer and you pay twice as much to get a, pre-smart fan, a pre-smarted fan, or you screw with the in-wall switches. But the issue with a fan is, you can wire them a bunch of different ways between the light and the fan motor. Sometimes they're two switches in the same receptacle, sometimes they're two switches in separate receptacles... But the way my house is wired, I was really limited. So I bought a no brand name smart unit that you actually wire up into the fan itself. So it's like the power for the fan goes through this unit. And theoretically, there is some app I can download where I can then and do this <laughs> through the smart talking device uh, integrations where I should be able to control them with the smart devices, but we will see. I mean, this is like some sketchy stuff. I'm very excited. Nice. Sounds so shady. I, I will report back. <laughs> uh, so weird. Yeah. So that's, thing. that's been the, uh, that's been the excitement in my life. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to make some time to come here. You guys graciously did the show a little earlier for me tonight, which was wonderful. And uh, yeah, it's, um, 
It's been it's so been you're not you're not podcasting from the new place yet. No, so I move it on Thursday, and the Comcast guy comes bright and early Friday morning. So uh, <laughs> we'll we'll get that all set up. And that then, Comcast life. Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think so. It's funny they have a thing now where they don't. I mean, I don't think they ever did, but they don't want to come to your house because it costs them money and time, right? And I think now with Corona, it's extra incentive to not do so so they have three installation options now the free one is we're just going to mail you the boxes and you can figure it out there's a middle option where we'll send a guy to check your wiring and make sure it's in the right places but you still set up the equipment or you can pay more and get the white glove service and they do everything for you (laughs) so uh because the wiring in this house is a little suspect and and it's not in the right rooms where i want it i paid the middle one so the guy's coming out to get all the wiring ready and then I have to install the devices. So, fingers crossed. So That's wait, you, there's an option where you like. W- what do you have to do if you get the the least costly one? The the free one is essentially self service, where the assumption is that the cable outlets in your house are in the proper place and are already wired and hooked up. Presumably, a home that had Comcast before, um, and you just if you're moving, you can just bring your devices from your old home, or they'll mail you new ones. And you just plug them in, and they should theoretically work, which I've done before, and it's actually really not that, not that difficult. Uh, but no. again, you have to assume, like for example, I have a my third bedroom is going to be my sort of podcast studio office room, uh, and there's no cable jack in there, but that's where I want my modem because I want it hardlined into my desktop, and so that's why I had them come out where I'm going to see if they can run a line into that room. That's really where you need their expertise. I but if you're putting the TV the same place the previous owner did, you could just hook it up. That's what I did in this place. Was I literally just took my box, screwed it into the wall, and it worked. So, mm-hmm. not not too bad. Although I had to find some. It was so funny because the this place has wall jacks, but the previous renter took the coaxial cables with him. Like what he's going to do with them. So do you know how hard it is to find a coaxial cable? <laughs> like at a store. Like at a store. <laughs> It was very. I, I actually went to Walmart of all places, and they had coaxial. Ca- I had to get two coaxial cables. I was like, Jesus Christ, what year is this? I always like every time I move, when the Comcast people come, they leave you with like eighteen. Like I have, I have like spools of coaxial cable in my closet from from past Comcast installations. See, for me, it's HDMI. They leave me mm. pile. They, I, I was swear, I swear, half my HDMI cables came from the cable company. They give them out like candy. Nice. Which I've never gotten TV from a cable company, so I guess I've never gotten an <laughs> HDMI. Well, that's 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 the trick. Is um, yeah, me either. You know, my my mother's going to be moving in with me, and and we were talking about the ca- we're going to split the utilities, including the cable and internet bill. And I was like, yeah, so the bill for the you know we're getting cable and internet, and you know she watches TV and stuff. So I said we'll get cable, and it's going to be like one forty a month for both. And she's like. I have direct TV now and I pay like $200 a month just for direct TV and internet. <laughs> and I'm like, that's crazy. Like, how do people afford like satellite TV? I don't know. Now is your 140 a like introductory offer? It's a bundle, but I've been a multi-year subscriber with them in the past and they don't, in my experience, they haven't gone nuts like, bumping it up a ton of money in the next year, you know, it might go up five bucks or something. Um, okay. So they, they've been good so far. 
Yeah, there's always a better deal if you hunt around with those things. But people don't hunt around, just like people don't cancel their their New York Times subscription or whatever. It's, you know, not something that people make a habit of. Oh, yeah. If I had a dollar for every subscription I didn't cancel, I I, I would be so... I mean, literally... You still would be out a lot of money because all the subscriptions cost more than a dollar a month. I, I mean, honestly, it's, it's crazy how bad I am about... Because it's like, oh... You know, oh, I'm going to sign up for this thing and try it out and see see what it's about. And it's a seven-day trial. And I'm like, oh, this sucks. I don't want it. And then, like, seven days later, I get a bill for, like, $50 or some crazy amount. And I'm like, no! Yeah. I'm trying to do the thing I like. Like, I try and do all my subscriptions through the iPhone. So they yeah. all show up in the Apple subscriptions. And when I do a trial, I immediately, right after, before I try the trial... I go into the subscriptions and pre-cancel it just in case. Sometimes I recently signed up for uh, the Xbox game. I don't remember what it was. There's so many different Microsoft products. now. Um, The one that lets you get like PC games, you pay your flat monthly fee and you can just download these PC games. I don't remember which one that is. Game Pass. But I signed up for it. Game Pass. Thank you. Uh, and because I wanted to, there are a couple of things I wanted to try. One of them was Flight Simulator, and I haven't tried any of them yet. Uh, but you, I think you even get a three-month trial uh, now for free if you have a Discord account hmm. or something. Anyway, somehow I got this multi-month trial, and I tried to do that, Colby. I went for the immediate cancel, and it, and it said, oh, if you cancel now, you'll immediately lose access to all of these games. And I was like, oh. God damn it. Then what's the point of the free trial? Um, so I had to set a calendar reminder. November? November? December? I think it was, yeah, December to cancel this thing, which I'll probably still forget to do somehow. Well, who knows? Maybe mm-hmm. by then you'll be enjoying it so much you want to pay for it. Maybe. This is This is great because I just remembered that the last time I resubscribed to Hulu, I couldn't get it to work through Apple. So I did it through their website and I haven't watched Hulu in like three months and I still am subscribed. So now I have to figure out how to turn that bad boy off. Yeah, I pretty much I try and push as many of my subscriptions through PayPal as possible just because it's a one interface to log in and see where all the charges are going. Unfortunately, you can't cancel through there, although you actually you can for most services, you can actually just cancel the PayPal payment right from there. And then they'll just, when they don't get their money, they'll just cancel you on their service. Right. I can't figure out how to do this. Oh my God. But I just wish, was it, uh, I think it was Patreon who just a little while ago introduced prepaying for the year. So Patreon, you know, you, you sponsor people every month, but, um, frankly, they, credit card fees destroy Patreon from doing all these charges. So they say uh, pledge for a year in advance and you actually save 10% and the creator still gets the full amount. It's just, it's, it saves that in credit card fees for Patreon and they give it back to you. And I'm like, I got to get better about doing years. Like there's some services I've had monthly subscriptions to for years. And I wish they would just let me prepay a year sometimes like a Dropbox or something where I have an account and I'm going to keep paying you guys because I have a ton of stuff there and I could get a discount. Yeah. You, you know what we need is Apple ID. Apple ID, is that what it's called? 
Mm-hmm. Signed in with Apple. You know how they give you those randomized email addresses? Yeah. But for credit card numbers. And then if you want to, you like you give Hulu your Hulu credit card number. And if you want to cancel it, you just cancel that like credit card number. Isn't that a thing at some point? Well, I'm Googling this quickly, but um, 1Password just rolled out a new feature called Privacy Card. And uh, when you use Privacy Card, you're still paying with your uh, debit card or checking account, but the Privacy Card stands in as a proxy. None of your real financial info is shared with the company. Each card you make is linked to a single merchant and won't work anywhere else. You can set spending and frequency limits on each card to prevent unauthorized purchases or to help you stick with budget, and you can also pause or delete those cards at any time without affecting the associated account. Obviously, it's one password, so they'll autofill the payment information, um, and it's a feature that's already available now. You have to, they, it's a, in partnership with privacy.com, so you have to create a privacy.com account, account first and then connect it to your 1Password. But this just came out this week. There's yeah. a, there is something like oxymoronic about creating an account on privacy.com. <laughs> <laughs> a little suspicious. That's interesting. I think one of you should try this and tell me. <laughs> I'm not a one password user, unfortunately. I guess I could oh. just use it on privacy.com. I'll try it. I'll try it. It's a cool idea. <laughs> privacy.com challenge. I don't even know what privacy.com does. I've never heard of I'm that. I'm going to go to privacy.com right I mean, now. There's a button that says try privacy today. And I'm like, okay. I press enter on my browser as soon as I said that. I'm going to let you know on privacy.com. <laughs> I feel like privacy.com is, is a subsidiary of Facebook. I would like to know who owns it. Oh, what I can tell you is that privacy.com is a pretty heavy website. You know what website feels almost exactly like it does at, on my gigabit connection even out here? Wikipedia. Oh, yeah. I do a Google search and it comes right up, even on this shitty internet. It's amazing. I believe it. Okay, I see. I see like a column CSS grid with like one third of my screen says for developers we are card issuing API, and then the other two thirds says your money, your rule. Yeah, the, like half this web page is images. <laughs> Settle in, Dan. Settle in. Oh yeah, I loaded. I'm I'm there. Sorry. All right. Um, yeah, look at all these tiles and images. Oh boy. Well, they are a. I I did look them up. They are a startup. Uh, they've raised about twelve million in funding. Less than fifty employees. So small folks. Yeah, let's go to their careers page. Hey, hire Dan. He's a smart guy. Uh, He'll make it even more private, I promise. (laughs) Privacy.com, if you're listening. Oh, they're in New York City. Um, I am on the job market, so uh, hit me up. We can only assume they're listening. Why wouldn't they be? Yeah. (laughs) 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 Well, guys... Uh, as much fun as it is to talk about all this kind of nonsense, uh, we missed two weeks, and we missed probably the two biggest weeks of the year, uh, which was not very okay. smart of us. 
uh, because it is. Uh, can you hear the the Santa sleigh bells in the background? It is. I, think I can pre-holiday shopping announcement time when all the companies announce the tech products you can buy in time for the holidays. Uh, I was I caught some QVC this weekend. They're already doing both pre-Black Friday sales and Christmas holiday holiday gift idea sales. Um, we saw big announcements from uh, Sony, Amazon, Facebook, Apple. The list goes on. Uh, guys, uh, where would we even dare to begin? I mean, should we go in chronological order? Mm, that's perfectly fine by me. Apple would certainly be. That was a good one. All right. If you I I just <laughs> want to do Apple and I'm fine with that because there were. <laughs> but, oh, you didn't get my chronological order joke. Oh, because it was a time of yeah with the watches and whatnot. <laughs> well, you got to let me explain the story first and then, you know, either. then it'll be hilarious. <laughs> Um, that's what I was missing. No, uh, we saw an, the Time Flies announcement uh, now about two weeks ago. A number of things announced, starting with the Apple Watch Series 6. Uh, they added blood oxygen saturation measuring, which is pretty exciting. Um, it also has a new S6 chip, uh, which is a dual-core processor based on the A13 Bionic and the iPhone 11. Uh, the screen can be brighter and always on altimeter for whatever reason. New colors, including a blue aluminum case, gold stainless steel, gray stainless steel called graphite, and a product red model. There's also new watch faces. Uh, really what got me most excited were some new uh, bands, some new wristbands, including the Solo Loop, a single stretchable bit of silicone with no clasp. Um, there's also a braided Solo Loop available in five colors. The Series 6 starts at $399, and you can pre-order it. Uh, no, it's available for sale already because this article's old. Uh, we also, uh, before we circle back on watches, we also saw the Apple Watch SE, a lower price model. Um, many of the um, similar features to 6 and 5. Uh, it's got the S5 chip from the 5. Um, it does not have the always-on display, which the 5 had. Um, it starts at $279. Uh, it's available. Uh, but they're going to continue to sell the Series 3 as well, which will start at $199. Lastly, they're removing the USB power adapter from the box. Uh, it will include the cable, uh, just not the USB brick uh, from the box moving forward. What do you think of these uh, new Apple Watches? Mostly not that exciting. The, the blood oxygen monitoring thing is... Uh, timely very lucky that they were already planning to do that before all of the COVID stuff happened because that's i think a leading indicator uh of whether you have COVID or not yes um, but of course they couldn't say that you know can't make medical claims and and all that stuff that have not been approved by the fda i think i think that's the that was the issue mm -hmm. um but otherwise i have last year's model I, I don't see a reason to upgrade if i didn't have last year's model i think it's it's a really good upgrade but always on screen the blood oxygen monitoring i still don't know what i want an ecg for but it has that too i have a series three mm -hmm. um and so i don't know i definitely want to upgrade at some point the real problem is that my series three now I have to wipe the watch to reinstall the last two watch updates. I've had to like wipe the watch to install the update because like 
somehow there are three three gigabytes of used storage that's being used by nothing on my yeah, watch. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I maybe I assume that's a bug of some kind that they will fix, maybe, but maybe I just need a new watch. I don't know. I do want the always on display though. And the the SE is a really good deal. I think if if you're not a person who wants the latest and greatest, I I the mean SE I, is like yeah. I mean I would go so far as to say unless you have some sort of medical condition or are a real sort of health and fitness nut, um, I don't know why you would get the six over the SE. To to be completely honest, I mean yeah, you, you lose the always on screen, but. I'm I would be perfectly fine with that. Um and it's a pretty decent I mean you're talking a what 120 buck difference. I mean that's that's nothing to sneeze at. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Would I go for the 3 at 199? Probably not. Um I think that's you're worth putting in the extra to get the SE, but I I think I think it's a tough sell to go to the 6 unless you're the tech person who wants a lace and grace. Although I will say I love the new colors of the watch itself. Uh, the new aluminum colors in the uh, in the red, I think, especially. I mean, I have the red um, iPhone, so I would love to get the matching watch. But I think the colors came mm-hmm. out with the blue and some of these other colors look really nice. Yeah, the blue is cool. But yeah, I forgot about the colors. I'm pretty intrigued by the 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 single piece band. Oh, but I want I, that I w- so bad. I would never ever purchase one of those online without. <laughs> Well, do you, did you see they have a tool? So they actually, of course, who has a printer these days, but they actually have a thing you can print out, cut out, and wrap around your wrist to get the measurement. It's very funny looking um, to actually go and do it. But um, yeah, I think that's a fun idea. That and the braided one, I think also, the braided single loop also looks really nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But those braided, again, those braided single loops are 100 bucks a piece. That's crazy. Shame on you, Apple. That's crazy. <laughs> yep. Yep. Any other? Right, I think. Oh, wait. There's more from this event, right? Oh, there sure wait, is, Dan. More. Don't blink. You might miss it. Um, quickly, didn't mention that uh, the new family setup feature allows you to manage multiple Apple Watches with a single iPhone. I don't really think that's that important. Um, updated iPad Air. Uh, looking good, stealing some of the cues from the iPad Pro, the all-screen design, uh, a bigger 10.9-inch liquid retina display. But here's uh, an interesting bit. The Touch ID button has been moved from the front of the device to the top using the sleep or wake button. Uh, Very similar to Samsung phones have done that for a while. A few other devices have had it in the button. Um, Interesting there. It also has a new Apple design chipped, the A14 Bionic. It's faster. Um, it's also got improved cameras. Um, it also has USB-C. Hmm, interesting. Available in five colors. Starting at five ninety nine, it will be available next month. They also updated the uh, the eighth generation iPad original um, with uh, the internals. A faster chip starts at three twenty nine. Available later this month. Cool. I mean, I think cool. the, I think I think the Touch ID button is like a big blinking like 
seen before red flag of like this is coming to the iPhone at some point soon <laughs> like that that to me screen because there's been rumors for years and years and years and years of them like they're gonna bring back fingerprints they're gonna bring back touch ID and everyone was like how are they gonna do it and I'm like oh well they already did it so why wouldn't you just especially with the sort of mask issue of face recognition and privacy issues and things um, I think that's if we don't see it this year it's got to be next year that's on the iPhones right or am I crazy I don't know. I I I didn't know they were bringing back fingerprints. Well, they're, they're I I swear every year when they're new iPhones, there's always a rumor. Oh, they're gonna they're they're looking at bringing back Touch ID, whether it's in the screen or it's on the back. Um, and it was always like, well, yeah. they just don't have the tech to do it. But now that I know they already have a they a special designed a button. Um, mm. I don't know. I yeah, I could get on board with that. I really want both. I want both the things. Well, that's what's great. Get right. the best of both worlds. And some people are going to prefer one over the other. I mean, I think, like I said, I just have a tough time with the mask now. And hopefully it's not a permanent issue. But I have an issue with the mask where Face ID just doesn't work great. And to have both right. options, even when it's cold out and you're wearing something over your face or you're wearing sunglasses or, you know, there are just times Face ID isn't, isn't optimal. Well, see, that was, if you recall, I've, I've definitely said this on this program before, but the thing I got excited about Face ID for was that I didn't have to take my gloves off yep. in the cold weather. Yep. But now we have the opposite problem. Masks are the new gloves. Masks are the new gloves. That is the episode. Face title. gloves? I'm writing that down. Masks are the new gloves. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I also think USB-C is very interesting as well. Um, really, the sort of the I believe that right. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first device in Apple's mobile cavalcade to go to USB-C. I think or, the, or is the, the Pro last, already. The last new iPads have USB-C. The, the Pro, the iPad Pros went USB-C. Okay, yeah. I think I think you're right. Yeah, that was that was last time around. Now there's big talk that they'll, and I think it's probably very likely there'll be another apple event next month or early november to release the iphones you guys think we'll see USB-C in those phones hmm. ah, maybe i predict no yeah i predict no yeah, only because I, I think the lightning accessory ecosystem is much stronger with the iphones than it is the ipads and i think the advantages to having USB-C in an ipad is much more important than having it in an iPhone today. Right. That's that's what I was thinking too. Like it makes sense to do it for the iPad. Cause like they want it to be a thing, you know, it, they, they want it, especially the pros, right? Like they're trying to be like a computer replacement. Like you can't really have a computer replacement with silly, like lightning dongles. Yep. But like the iPhone, everybody already has a lightning cable. Everybody's going to be annoyed if they have to get new cables. I would be annoyed. I have so many. I have so many lightning cables. There's one in every place. How many USB-C cables do you have? Not as many. I have <laughs> a few, but but not as many. Yeah, I've gone through stages where I bulk order cables from Amazon. For a while, it was I was ordering like two, three HDMI cables at a time. Then it was lightning. Now I'm going to have to get into to USB-C. Right, you got to like invest for the future 
Well, you know, it's, uh, Amazon always gets you because it's like you can buy one cable for $8 or five cables for $12. And you're like, well, I need five <laughs> of them. They always trick me. Yeah. Um, let's get into some subscription stuff here quick. The Apple One subscription bundle, uh, bundling all of your favorite services. Uh, it's a bit convoluted, I will admit, uh, and it took me a minute to figure out how these work, but there are a couple different tiers. Your cheapest $14.95 per month comes with Apple Music, Apple TV+, Apple Arcade, and 50 gigabytes of iCloud storage. The family plan has that same group of services, but goes to 200 gigabytes of iCloud storage for $19.95 a month and can be shared between up to six people. Then the Premier Bundle has those same services, two terabytes of iCloud storage, and Apple News Plus and Fitness Plus, which we'll talk about in a minute, for $29.95 per month and can be shared with up to six people. Now, before we get into that, we should add a new subscription service they rolled out, Fitness. Uh, Apple Fitness Plus. You have that plus at the end. Um, it is uh, essentially a workout training app-ish. Uh, 10 different workout types, including uh, yoga, cycling, and dance, and new workouts will be added every week. Uh, and you essentially follow along uh, their sort of, I wouldn't say gimmick, but sort of their interesting attachment is um, the integration with Apple Watch. Uh, you'll actually be able to see your stats, such as heart rate and calories burned on screen, as well as intelligent suggestions for which workouts to try based on uh, your watch data. It will also integrate with Apple Music to use your music as part of the workouts. Um, as I said, a bunch of different, uh, those require fitness plus requires an Apple watch. Um, uh, and you'll need to have a series three modeler later, later to use the service, um, on to see the data up on screen. Uh, it will be available for iPhone, iPad, and Apple TV exclusively. Um, it is, I don't think they announced the exact launch date when this is, uh, before the end of the year, it will be available. And as I mentioned, it'll be $9.99 a month, $79.99 a year. You'll get three months free with the purchase of a new Apple Watch, or as I mentioned, it'll be part of the Apple One subscription bundle. This may be the single thing I was most excited about in this announcement. I, so when, the, yeah, when I would when agree. I, when I first was listening to the announcement and they announced this initially I was really excited I was like oh I already pay for the cloud storage and I was thinking I was like wait I don't pay for any of the other things on here and then like I also pay like like a dollar a month for 50 gigs of cloud storage so I don't know yeah the, <laughs> the overall subscription I thought was confusing and not all that attractive um, because Especially what really bummed me is the premiere bundle where they like made news a premiere option where it's like, is anyone going to people don't pay for news now? Are they going to do it like as but really it's you buy it for the fitness plus in that extra level and you basically get news for free. Can we get it? Right. And as I read somewhere else, the the reason that news might be up there is because news is the only thing that is in these subscriptions that Apple doesn't own themselves. Right, the margins on uh, an Apple TV show, like, sure, it costs them millions of dollars to make each one, but they don't have to pay someone else. They're right. not cutting anyone else in on, on that. Same thing with the Fitness Plus uh, stuff, which is another crazy thing. Like, Apple TV Plus is, is it $5 a month? And, uh, yeah. And Plus 
if you were to subscribe to $10 a month, and Apple makes everything in both of those, from the app to the the subscription platform to the video content. And is it really, really Fitness Plus is more than twice as much money, is it twice as much money rather uh, than a new uh, a TV show with Jennifer Aniston in it? That's hard to believe. Well, and the, and the savings aren't so according to Apple, the individual plan, which is the smallest, saves you about six dollars per month based on the standard monthly pricing. If you just bought the apps yourself, the family plan, eight dollars per month, the premier plan, twenty five dollars per month in savings. And that's mostly coming from news and fitness. I think I, I, I just don't know if it's enough of us. I guess if you already have them, but it's. I don't know. Here's here's where I came down on it. If you're going to go in on this with a group of people, I think it makes a lot of sense because then, like, yeah, Colby, the, the dollar a month for one person, iCloud storage is probably fine. Not enough for two people or four people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're in a group situation, uh, I think the iCloud storage aspect of these tiers makes a lot more sense. Uh, but then the other thing is I have been watching like increasingly more Apple TV stuff. It went from like, oh, there's one good show on Apple TV. Like now there's been like a couple things we've watched. And it's, it's pretty good. I would be sad. I think year over year, I would be sad if I never watched anything on Apple TV. Month to month, it's like, meh, there's probably some months where there's nothing good on it. But I'm getting to the point where it won't just be a one-off. Uh, like what where Disney Plus is for me right now, uh, and I'm excited about Fitness Plus. So oh yeah, to me being a in a situation where uh, there's two of us potentially that would be going in on this. We both use iCloud storage. We both want Apple TV, although only one of us has it right now. And using Fitness Plus, the the family plan starts to like kind of break even and be convenient. Um, and and it, the app, the subscription might make more sense if you use the iCloud storage as like your Dropbox replacement, right? For example, uh, I don't know. Do you pay for Dropbox also, Colby? No. No, you don't. Okay. So you do you pay for any cloud storage besides iCloud? No. Wow, you're li- living uh, living life dangerously. Slash well, living life. I might- I've I've my my bootleg uh, cloud backup thing. Like I back things up to AWS, which I guess I pay for, but it's like pennies, right? And then I use that like right. the for, form the service formerly called BitTorrent Sync that like syncs between all my devices, and then like that is just backup to AWS. So what like that is free. Called now. Resilio sync or something like that. But that's what I do. Whether or not that's a good idea, I don't know. But it's been fine so far. I think we should get a don't panic family plan. True. It's tempting. I I see I I don't understand how I've never actually looked into the Apple family like what stops just random people from creating a family plan? Like there's got to be some sort of well, I think people get you get access to everyone's stuff, 
in certain cases. Hmm. Oh, are you yeah. there? No, we're here. But yeah, like I think you get access to everyone's apps. Is that the case? Well, I'm going to Google it quick while we're talking. But uh, for me, fitness is just really compelling because I've been wanting to do at-home fitness stuff for a while. And it's partly because I'm lazy and don't want to do it. But also, I don't. it's hard to know who to trust. And there's a lot of apps out there. And I don't know who's good and who's not. And I'm like, well, if Apple's doing it, it's got to be pretty good, right? What really bothers me is it's an Apple TV exclusive, which means because uh, I was really like, oh, well, like, regular Apple TV and Apple TV Plus are on Roku now. Like, maybe I could... And it's like, no, I gotta... If I want to do it, I gotta go get an Apple TV. So that was kind of a bummer. But that's all. Otherwise, I would be on this, like, day one. I think it's really exciting and a smart idea. Um, oh, I didn't realize that. That's... Yeah. Well, I think that has to do with the... So the, the if the, you the, have one of those, like... Apple, one of those TVs that has kind of gone in on the Apple stuff and they have uh, AirPlay and the TV app and all that, are they, that doesn't work there either? I don't know if you can like screen mirror AirPlay, your like iPad or something, but no, it won't. Well, I think that, I think it has to do with the watch integration where it shows your live stats on screen. And I just think whether it's a latency issue or what, but uh, there's just some reason why it's it's an Apple Tech exclusive thing, huh? So, I guess it makes sense. Like it's an app at the end of the day, right? Right. Um. Alrighty. So that was the Apple event. Is there a uh, another event you guys want to talk about here? I think we should go to picks. Dan wants to just look at, just not interested in Amazon's drone that flies around your house and takes pictures of your house when you're not home. No, I guess we should talk about that. You were interested in it. I'm, I would love to buy one. Uh, Amazon had a hardware event and they did that thing Amazon does where they announce like 300 things in like 20 minutes, um, <laughs> including Amazon Luna, their cloud gaming service. Um, the Echo uh, device is now a ball instead of a puck. Um, some fire TV stuff. Um, I will talk about two things that I think is really exciting for me. Uh, both of which are ring devices. Um, oh, there was some, uh, AI stuff where their smart assistant will listen and ask clarifying questions is more conversational, whatever. Um, one is the, uh, ring security cameras for cars. I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, you mount it on your car's dashboard, and the car cam has a camera pointed out the front windshield and one that points towards the car interior. Uh, it can send an alert whenever uh, something, a break-in, towing, and accident's indicated. Uh, it'll also be able to ping first, responder, ping first responders in the event of an accident. You can also say, A name, I'm being pulled over, and it'll automatically trigger the cameras to start recording and save their footage to the cloud. Um, and that device will cost you $20, which I'm like, wow. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's, why did I say $20? I thought I said $19.99, which doesn't make any sense. $1.99.99. That makes a lot more sense. Um, but I just thought in this in this era of policing and other such things, I said, oh, that's a really interesting idea. 
I saw this in the context that it was related to Tesla cars in some way, but this works with any car. Yeah, so they've all, really they announced three things. One is the car alarm, which plugs into your OBD2 uh, diagnostic port that basically just lets you know if someone breaks in or it has no cameras in it. Um, and it adds right. an alarm. Uh, what you're talking about is they actually rolled out a um, a service, uh, a car connect platform uh, that works with manufacturers to enable owners to receive alert for events, view recorded footage, and see if the car is locked or unlocked from within the Ring app. Uh, Tesla is its first partnership. Got they, it. They'll be able to connect to the car's existing cameras and view the footage from a security perspective, which is smart because that car has a lot of cameras on it. Yeah. Um, the other thing to talk about the always home cam. I mean, this this definitely the highlight of the event from Ring. Uh, it's an autonomous drone that flies around the inside of your home to give you a perspective of any room you want when you're not home, and when it's done, it returns to its dock to charge. Um, it'll provide multiple viewpoints throughout the home without requiring the use of multiple cameras. Fully autonomous, but you can tell it what path to take and where it can go. Uh, you build a map of your home first, and then in the app, you can tell it where to go or give it sort of a pre-recorded route. It'll always circle, um, especially if a disturbance is detected by linking a ring alarm system. Uh, the charging dock blocks the camera's view, and the camera only records when it's in flight. Um, it can be used for simple things like checking if a stove was left on or a window open. Um, or it can go around, obviously, if it hears something suspicious, it'll run you to $149.99. Now, are you sold on this, Sean? You're just going to get it? I got to be honest, at $249, it's really pushing my, like, willing to try it price. At, like, $149, <laughs> you bet I would have bought this already, because um, I am fascinated by it. But uh, I think it's just a little too pricey. But I love the I. I it's genuinely clever, think it's a clever, clever idea. Yeah, because then you don't have to put cameras all over your house. You can just get one. So you could argue it's saving you money. And I and I love the idea that you map out your home and then can actually. So it doesn't like just do a pre-recorded loop every twenty minutes or something. You can actually be like, oh, do me a favor, go check the upstairs bathroom, and it'll actually be able to go do it. Like to me, that's mm -hmm. like wow. That's a that's actually like. A smart idea. <laughs> it, it does sound kind of now, useful. Now, will your uh, what will your mom think when she rounds a corner and sees this thing hovering there? Honestly, I think I think I'd be more concerned about the cat trying to s catch it out of the air. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it can't. It can't. It can't go too low because he will get it. Right. If eagles are the uh, the enemy of the Amazon delivery drone, then cats are going to be the enemy of this thing. Oh yeah, he's going to hate this. Oh my god, absolutely <laughs> despise it. But that's part of the fun, right? It's it's not only a security drone; it's a pet toy. <laughs> yeah, I just I just wonder what the quality of video is. That that's really my only question: is like how good and stable is the video as this thing flies around? I'm waiting for some people to get it uh, in their homes and actually try it out. But yeah, interesting. I mean, gotta give Amazon credit; they're not just like doing boring stuff. No, but yeah, this, at least that sounds exciting. The other stuff just seems like. It seems like Amazon has, with the Alexa um, 
a very much a throw it at the wall and see what sticks mentality. It's like the the Alexa microwave, the Alexa TVs. I've never like I've never heard anyone use Alexa on their TV. Sorry, I'm setting off everyone's Alexa. <laughs> I just realized. The uh, <laughs> uh, so microwave has gotten poor reviews. The TV, I've never really seen anyone use it. I don't know. Maybe maybe you have, Sean. But it, it seems like they're just like, hey, like maybe maybe it's cars, maybe it's home security, maybe it's lawnmowers. Let's try it all. Yeah, and I think and this is just sort of anecdotally, I think over the last year or so, I've seen companies really dial that back. There was, you're absolutely right, there was that span where they're like, no, we're going to put it in everything. And I think they've, I think they've backed off of it a little bit because they realized that, and I think Google Assistant got more juice and they didn't want to put both in everything. Um, but, uh, but I agree with you. I mean, but that's what's interesting is not only do they try crazy new things, but they also, uh, we, did, we didn't talk about it, we probably won't because it's not that interesting, but the new Echo Show 10, which is the sort of bigger screen device, basically stole the Facebook thing of tracking you when you move around a room, except instead of Facebook's portal having a really high-res camera that zooms in, this is actually as a motor and will actually turn the screen to face you as you go around the room. So some of this stuff is crazy new ideas, but some of this is also just like, borrowing what other people did successfully. You know, the Luna game streaming is basically what Microsoft and Google and everyone else is trying to do. Oh, right. They, the game streaming. I don't think that's ever going to work. I think gamers are too, too sensitive to latency. And honestly, I think gamers are like slaves to tradition and, are actually very conservative when it comes to products of what the, like see the the whole last console generation when PlayStation remember this PlayStation did the thing where they're like here's how you share games on a PlayStation and they had the the guy handing the disc to the other person yep have we reflected on this no, uh, no. Wow. 2013 what a time um, but. It, whereas Microsoft was kind of ahead of the curve, and maybe now we're finally ready because Microsoft at the time was very much like, "Oh, this is going to be a device that is that is your home, their living room, and it things are streaming and everything's digital and online." And it wasn't ready at the time. Maybe it is now, but I think that remains to be seen. But I don't think Amazon's going to succeed here any more than Google has succeeded. But we'll see. Yeah, I, I, you're right. It's left to be seen. I always just come back to their different types of gamers. And the question is, how big is each audience, right? Because uh, you're right, the, 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 the hardcore Call of Duty guy is probably not going to go game streaming. But you look at a game like Fall Guys or some of these more, what I would argue is like casual advanced games, like not iPhone casual, but still sort of have fun. Have you played Fall Guys? I have not. I'm, I'm hip enough to have heard of it, but not have played it. <laughs> um. I don't know if anyone here has. No, I grabbed it when it was free on PlayStation, but I, I still haven't played it yet. <laughs> oh, I heard of this. Yeah, but I think that is where I think a streaming service comes in, is the more sort of less hard, like almost like a Rocket League seems to me like a good example if they can get the latency working well, where it's like, it's just kind of fun to pick up and play once in a while, and I'm not going to spend $500 on a console type thing. 
Uh, but that's a small market. So I, I'm with you, Dan. I, I don't know. I don't know if these individual segments are big enough within the overall video. Cause then you also have the, the computer guys, the PC guys who's like, I really need a crazy amount of power. I'm gonna build a piece. It's iPhone guy, you know, iPhone folks who do those kind of, it, it's very, it's very odd. Their, their niche just might be a little too small. We'll have to see. Um, all right. Well, I think it's time we move on to picks. Uh, I don't have one this week, so uh, I've been busy. So uh, I'm going to let you two uh, own this. And Dan, you seem very excited about your pick. I'm excited about your pick. What is your pick? Yeah. So um, let me describe some use cases first, and then I'll explain what this is. Um, if you have a file server at home or uh I guess Plex kind of handles this. Um, any sort of device on your network that you want to use, a Raspberry Pi, right? Mm-hmm. A Raspberry Pi or, is great. Uh, if you use that Pi hole thing, which I recommended, then it gives you really sophisticated ad blocking that works really well, but doesn't work when you're not at home. Uh, have you ever wanted to set up like remote desktop to your computer, but then it's like, oh God, I have to like, forward these ports to my firewall and then it will just be accessible over the internet. So I'll have to like put a username and password on it. It's super inconvenient and we don't do it. Um, what if there's a way that you could be on your home network wherever you are? And the old answer to this was to use a VPN. But then the problem with the VPN is when you're on the VPN, you're actually not on the network that you are on which is inconvenient when you want to go to like the router, right? You can't get to 192.168.1.1 when you're VPNed in mm-hmm. because that's, that's somewhere else. Enter this thing called WireGuard, which is a technology that this app that is my pick called TailScale uses. And TailScale is an app that you install on all of your devices, iPads, iPhones, Android, Raspberry Pi, Mac, Windows, whatever. And all of those things are available to all the things that the app is installed on always. Uh, they get their own special IP addresses. So you can't use like, like my uh, Raspberry Pi is on 192.168.1.248 at home. I can't use that from here, but it does have an IP address I can use. So I can actually set my Raspberry Pi in New York to be my DNS server here in Maine. And it just works. Wow. Uh, all these things can ping each other uh, no matter where they are on the internet. As long as they can connect to the internet, they are part of the network. All you have to do is sign in with your TailScale account and you're off to the races. It's possible to do this, by the way, using WireGuard directly without using this service. Uh, I don't know how to do that, Um, but WireGuard is free for personal use. So I would say go and use it. Uh, so here's the cool thing I was able to do. Uh, I was just able to install a remote desktop on my uh, Windows PC, disable all security, and uh, put it into, like, connect that computer to uh, TailScale. And I can just connect to it with no username and password from anywhere in the world. 
and it's secure and encrypted and all that stuff. No one else can do that because they need to have signed into the Tailscale account to do that. Uh, so it's really cool. Check it out. We're, I know we're all not doing a lot of traveling, uh, but if you are, or even if you're just walking around, like having my phone always be pointed to my Raspberry Pi for uh, ad blocking, even when I'm going to the store or whatever, is kind of nice and it doesn't cost you anything. And what else are you going to do except set this up? Uh, <laughs> we're, we're all kind of bored. I was going to say, Dan, a service like this must be enormously expensive. No, I don't. Yeah, I, uh, Maybe it's uh, venture funded. I don't know, but uh, nope, not expensive. Very cool. Oh, I think that's awesome. I think that's great. Um, solves a, a very real problem. So tailscale.com. Check it out. Yeah, l- let me know if you try it out. Yeah, maybe, maybe if if you ask nicely, Dan will let you connect into his private network that doesn't connect to anywhere else. <laughs> no, not not so much. Thank but you. I would be curious if you tried it out, Sean, because like this is on paper kind of complicated, but I think it's actually really simple. But I don't know what you I would connect in, to. All... Well, here's the thing, like. I think it allows you to do stuff that was previously impossible. Imagine if you know how they have all these like webcams and security cameras and stuff. And in order to use them, you have to sign into Nest or, or Amazon or all these different things. Oh, right? sure. They all have their accompanying service. Yep. With this, you don't have to pay for the service because the, you could get the hypothetical, this would be a little complicated, but you could have like your raspberry Pi just pulling the video directly off of that camera and you could just look at it from anywhere in the world without having to pay uh, Google to your 20 bucks a month hmm. uh, to access the thing. Like that's the thing you could do with it. Any sort of like smart home thing uh, would be great for this to, to access like when you're not home, if you're but I home kit kind of solves that, but all the things that solve this are like, Hey, Proxy your stuff through us, like proxy it through us. And the cool thing about Tailscale is that you're not proxying it through through them. Tailscale is just a thing that says like, hey, here are all your devices. And then each device connects directly to the other one. Well, so if you connected to your Raspberry Pi, you're not going through the Tailscale service and then back down. It's just a direct connection. Well, if the internet is a series of tubes, they've built the tube directly between you and your device. <laughs> They've, they've aligned all the tubes like in one of those video game puzzles. Yes. And they're free to use that line for their marketing. Um, that is super. Dan, you, you know, I got to tell you, you always find the most wacky, fun stuff um, to, to just overcomplicate all of our lives. I love it. Um, <laughs> Colby, let's get. I am very excited about this pick, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But, Colby, what, what's your pick here? So, I. Whatever we are, like four, five, six months. How? How? I don't know how deep we are into quarantine. I've been been working working from home for many months. There's no no particular end in sight. So I finally decided to spend some time and like give myself a proper work at home like desk area. I got a chair. I got like a desk lamp, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I for a long time 
have been thinking about getting a new like Thunderbolt USB-C like dock thing with like ports. I've been very wary about it because my old the last time I tried to buy a dock thing, it worked for like two weeks and then it stopped working consistently and it would like this is probably recorded in don't panic history too, because when I got it, we were using it. I was using it to record the show and it would just like randomly like shut off for like 10 seconds and then it would come back. So like my video would cut out, my mics would, (laughs) would drop off the face of the earth. And that was very sad. So I had some, some trauma from that experience. Um, And I've been putting off getting a dock for a long time, but I finally did it. I got this, cal digit t3 plus thunderbolt 3 dock and it's great it works uh perfectly it has a bunch of ports it can charge things it can charge your computer i have one like USB-C cable that comes out like i stuck it on the bottom of my desk uh which is great so i have one USB-C cable that comes out from behind my monitor and i plug it into whatever laptop i'm using and like oops all the things connect, <laughs> um, which is nice. And one thing I like about it is it has, it has like a front side and a back side, and the back side has all kinds of crazy ports and like the power input and stuff. But the front side has like a couple ports and like an SD card slot and stuff. So for things that, you know, just like on the fly, plugging things in and unplugging things, you can just plug them into the front. It has like a headphone jack and I think a, an audio in. Uh-huh. like a mic in port on the front which is pretty convenient but so far it's worked really well it is pretty expensive it was 250 dollars, so i don't know if the cheaper ones are any good or what but i did i i decided to go with this one and so far it has worked as advertised which is how more did than you I could determine have that this was the one like how, I mean, how did you do your research it was like the wire cutter thing but <laughs> oh, i okay. did <laughs> To be fair, the, I'm pretty sure the last one I got was also the wire cutter thing. So I read a lot of Amazon reviews and I looked at a bunch of the other ones. It took me like two weeks to actually decide to get this, but it does uh, it does what I wanted it to do. Yeah, Caldage, it's very legitimate. Nice. Um, yeah. No, I when I got my MacBook, my first ever MacBook through my company, I made them buy me one of these. Uh and it's amazing. I mean, this thing, you just plug in the one cable. And for me, it's Ethernet uh, because my office has terrible Wi-Fi, which is shocking in 2020, but it's true. Um, and frankly, the SD card slot, because I do a lot with uh, videotaping and audio recording. And I'm always pulling the having this. Th- this thing is like total foolproof. It, if you, I would say if you're building a Thunderbolt based USB-C based desk setup, and I think you'd agree, invest Get the get the thing that works, and yeah. then you never have to think about it again. Yeah, like given I'm only three weeks into owning this, but so far it's been really good. And like every other like USB C based like multi connector I've ever used has has been unreliable in one way or another, um, which this has yet to be. Knock on wood. Um. But yeah, it's really good. It's also pretty small for like how many yeah. ports there are on it. It's it's quite compact. And it doesn't it doesn't nice. at least in my experience it doesn't get too hot. It doesn't I mean it just no. it just works. Yeah. 
Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll have the link to that on the website. If you want to buy one, please use the referral link. We'll actually make some money on this one. Uh, so, so check that out there. Do it. Uh, <laughs> guys, anything else you'd like to, to say or discuss before we wrap, wrap, wrap it up? Preference acknowledged. Thank you. Um, no, hey, look, it, it was just great being back with you guys. I will very quickly tease. Uh, we are on a two-week hiatus from Up for Debate due to me moving. Um, but the last published episode had these two guys on it for the great cookie taste-off. How fun was that, guys? It was pretty fun. It was a lot of fun. I still have a lot of cookies left, but I did finish off the... The Fig Newtons are done. And I think nice. the Troop Waffles. The Fig Newtons are done. The Troop Waffles are done. And uh, wait, let me look. I, I have some of them here. <laughs> you I brought them with you? The fig- That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, they're still, <laughs> they're still kicking. I don't know how many of the Oreos are left. And there's still a lot of chips of Oreo left. So I think that validates my, uh, my ranking. It speaks for itself. Yep, I had to I had to purge my cookies, but I ate many of them. That's that's <laughs> one of my a- favorite. One of my new favorite Colby stories. <laughs> well, uh, that was a treat. You can check it out up for debate.tv or wherever you get podcast. Search up for debate. Uh, we are on hiatus. I did not get my last week of Sean Timber, so I, I'm I will get a rain check. And here's a spoiler: I finally decided what I'm going to do. We're going to do a live commentary on Point Break. Which is a which is a fantastic fun movie uh, that I think would make a great live commentary. Keanu Reeves and um, the other guy. It's about surfing. Patrick Swayze. It's, it's it's about surfing and bank robbers and there's action and it is so eighties. It's I just it's it's a fun fun movie. So um, I think that's eventually we'll do that. But we are going to start in October. We're going to start doing scary uh, Scaretober. So we're going to do some scary movies, uh, some scary books, up for debate.tv. Make sure you subscribe. We will be back with this show next week uh, with all the tech news. I can't imagine there's even more, but we'll find out in the next seven days. Uh, we hope you join us, though. Don't panic.io is our website. Go there. Get all the info on the show, including links to this week's pick and past picks, too. Uh, you can subscribe wherever you get podcasts on every major platform. We're there. Check us out. And, of course, uh, follow us at Don't Panic Show on Twitter and email us Show at gmail.com. Boys, I think that's going to do it for us. We're going to wrap it up here on behalf of Colby and Dan. I'm Sean. Thanks for being here. We'll see you on yet another episode of Don't Pan. This has been a Coffee and Beer production. Executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.